Hello and welcome to English Talk, the podcast which talks about the challenges of speaking English at work as a non-native and how to start having confident business conversations. This week I talked to Corina Tubotaro, who supports expat women manage their overwhelm and build a happy life abroad. In this episode, we talk about the challenges of being an introvert and speaking up at work in a foreign language. Okay, Karina, nice of you to join us today. Thank you, Louise. It's great to be here. So I understand you're originally from Romania and you're currently in Barcelona. Yes, I'm uh, currently in not so sunny Barcelona. I've been here for uh, for four and a half years now. Um, moved for a job. Um, it's the only country apart from Romania that I ever lived in, and so far I'm enjoying it very much. Glad to hear it. Yeah. So now you're obviously you're speaking very good English here. I must say. Thank you. Um, so you're from Romania, you're speaking English, and you also speak Spanish through your work? Um, Spanish, to be honest, I speak socially. <laughs> it's uh, mm-hmm. My work has always been in English. Um, so English has been actually the language that I've always used for work. It's not just here in Spain. Um, I started uh, studying it when I was a child. If I think Back, it's, it's actually about 30 years ago mm-hmm. um, and I've studied it throughout my 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 education so until the end of, of university um, and then all of the jobs that I've had had some kind of English component. either I was so I essentially I, I worked in, in advertising at the commercial roles so sales account management um, and the accounts that I worked with had English speakers or had some kind of connection to English. So Spanish, I speak now because I live here and I want to, obviously not to make friends, to uh, just speak the, the normal language and be, be part of the culture, of the country that I'm in. Um, and I'm hopefully getting better at it yeah. by just exercising. Yeah, it takes time and practice, yeah. Yes, definitely. Now, before we um, started recording, we're chatting, you mentioned that also a little bit of an introvert and that had or does pose an extra um, difficulty when speaking a particularly a foreign language I think it does Um, I am definitely an introvert uh, so it's it's I'm essentially a textbook introvert you know I I don't uh, um, hang around people so much I get very you know tired uh from from just normal conversation with others um but that doesn't mean that i'm not i don't need you know to to talk to other people so i have to uh sometimes uh you know try to speak to them in spanish especially here where i don't always meet spanish uh, english speakers um and so what i've noticed for myself is that i have to create the opportunities for me to speak mm-hmm. so if i want to improve the language and be social i have to create opportunities for that um and that's something that 
that I think is a little more difficult than than it would be for an extrovert because uh, you're you're all both you know more self aware of your mistakes and uh and also not inclined to be in these social situations where you would uh need to express yourself and need to speak. So what you're saying is you you have to knowing that you have to speak for your job I presume whether it's English or Spanish or at home knowing that it's not your natural environment you need to sort of create maybe safe areas to practice to sort of force yourself to get the practice and make the efforts yes definitely safe spaces help and safe people help a lot um i've been very lucky to meet a lot of people that have been very encouraging both when i was younger with english and now that that i'm here with with spanish um and uh yeah definitely if, if you create your own uh situations you get the chance to to practice the language which i think is the the most important part of becoming more fluent mm-hmm. It's not just studying the grammar. It's not just you know trying to to do everything yourself. is more It's more about um, interacting with other people and you know hearing the expressions that they use in a certain language. Um, um, you know noticing when they pause, how they pronounce a certain word. Uh, that all really helps, and you can only do it through through other people. So having these um, occasions, these areas to to focus on that allows you not just to communicate. Well, communicate is two way. So it allows you to listen and analyze their speech. So you have something to to focus on and to um, mimic almost. I think it's a lot more about mimicking than we expect. So when you start learning a language, I think you focus a lot on vocabulary as a as a thing in itself then you focus on grammar and then uh you know you start to to try to speak but what i found helped me a lot is to really just learn expressions mm-hmm. uh either because i learned them naturally i just heard people say the same thing all over over again um or by intentionally, you know, trying to see what expressions you would use, you know, so looking in textbooks or in, you know, watching movies and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think a lot of, of fluency in a new language comes from using these expressions and comes from speaking like a native. And it's why we tend to notice when somebody is not a native speaker, even though they have a very high level in that language uh or also we notice if someone is a speaker of a language but from another country than we're used to mm-hmm. so for example if you're here in spain you know you even if you don't necessarily recognize the accent you will notice that people from for example mexico will speak differently to someone mm-hmm. from spain yeah. even if it's spanish in the end even if it's the same language and you understand it yeah. and it's it's all about the expressions that they use and that's really interesting because I completely agree with what you're saying. And what I find fascinating as a language teacher is these expressions 
that you can tell if something somebody's native or non-native it's not about accuracy because a lot of these expressions aren't actually very good when you look at grammatically you know you have grammatically perfect and you have situationally perfect and this is where some people get too um bogged down too um yeah focused on perfection and it's not the most important thing it's communication yes because in the end expressions help us shorten the the conversation right i mean they're they're metaphors uh and they they give a little color to to the conversation but they don't have to be perfect they don't have to be you know yeah you don't have to invent them it's just mm. it's just easier a, to, to speak like that and i think color is a great expression because i think people who try to be perfect um it can come off as a little bit robotic if you're just memorizing textbook phrases and you're not in situations where you think, oh, they said it like this, and maybe this is, it's a little bit robotic. You sound a bit like AI. Um, Definitely. We like this, we, we want to interact with people and people are human, they have different traits. And that can really help in developing a conversation and a relationship with a business partner. Yes. Uh, and it, it's never about perfection in the end we can all think about our own language, our own native language, you know, you learn it, you know, uh, you, you, you probably learn the official, you know, rigid, uh, 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 you know, structure in school through books, through, you know, classic texts that you read, but nobody actually speaks that language in their day-to-day -day life. Yeah, it's and depending on on the language, uh, you can find really strong differences. I mean, I've had this experience with French when I'm back when I was learning French, and now that I meet French speakers, sometimes you can't really understand because they have a lot of expressions that they mm -hmm. use that they all understand, of course, in the culture. Yeah. But it's not that high level, that high, you know, constraining type of language that you learn in mm -hmm. school. And I think it's you know the, yeah that that really matters and uh it's also something that helped me not not feel so so stressed out about how i speak english or any other language in the end you have to understand the culture as well and mm -hmm. again the expressions that they use so listening to other native and non-native speaker speakers speaking other languages gave you this perspective of hey that's not all perfect so therefore i don't have to be perfect either yes i i it definitely gave me a lot of perspective and it also made me think about how um how we perceive other people because we especially as introverts i think we put this pressure on us to be perfect and to be uh, very, very accurate with what we're saying and we'd rather not say anything uh, than say something wrong. Um, and if you think about it, I don't, I never pretended to be Spanish. I never expected people to look at me and say, well, mm -hmm. or English, you know, they never look at me and say, well, you're an English person, therefore you must speak perfect English 
or perfect Spanish or perfect anything. Because in the end, you know, that's not that's not how it goes. You I'm not I'm not a, a native and therefore I speak the language so that other people understand what I say and I express myself and I get things done without hopefully without thinking as much as I did about uh, grammar in a very strict sense. Yeah. And it's a lot less stressful being like that. I think when you're constantly watching your language, um, a lot of internal chatter about, oh, I've said that wrong. It's funny, isn't it, that when we've said something wrong and we, you know, we, we've been speaking in a foreign language after the event, you know, my mind goes through all the things that I didn't say right. And then, but we don't do that when we've done something well. We don't, after <laughs> speaking, when I speak German, if I've actually said something right, I don't celebrate and think, yeah, good job, Louise. You know, it's only when <laughs> I make a complete faux pas that for days afterwards, I'm thinking, I don't believe I just said that. Or my yes. daughter tells me, you know, it's. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I, I understand entirely. I mean, this this happens to me sometimes in English, it happens to me sometimes in Spanish um it's it's normal i think for everybody that speaks an another language that you know it's it's not their native one it's you know it's uh it's strange but it's very true we don't we don't celebrate the good things yeah uh and we think so so much about the the very small mistakes that we've made when in the end we conveyed the message. Nobody was upset. Uh, we were able to to speak, and that's what matters. Mm. And I also don't have a catalog in my head of all the times that non-natives have communicated with me in English, for which I'm truly grateful, because I like to travel, and particularly my Italian. Uh, Italian is really not my language. <laughs> I'm so thankful to everybody, all the Italians out there who, on holiday, tolerated my English. Um, because I don't think, oh gosh, that's really bad English. I've, I don't have a catalogue. So why do we, you know, beat ourselves up when we make mistakes or don't want to even try because we yeah, think we're going to make a fool of ourselves and they're going to laugh. In reality, they don't. No, in reality, most people, all people I've met, to be honest, are very understanding in yeah. the end. When you think about it, there's so many people in the world that only speak their own language yeah. that it's it's a feat to be able to speak two, maybe three, maybe barely four languages. That's that's a lot. Yeah, um, it's not something to be taken lightly, even by us. If we manage to get to a point where we speak a second language yeah. reasonably well, then that's that's a great achievement, I think. Mm. Or reasonably confidently, because well is a is an interesting term. <laughs> yes, exactly. What is well, but yes, exactly. We the the more we speak, the more our confidence grows. The more our vocabulary grows, the more we're able to maybe if we don't remember a word, we're able to explain what we meant to say, um, and that's what matters in the end. No. Getting back to when we started and you said that you are a little bit of an introvert. So what I'm curious about is if that's your 
natural state not to be very comfortable in large groups of people that it is quite tiring or can be quite tiring why make the effort why make the effort with your language to get out there and practice if it's not your natural environment that's a very good question that i honestly never thought about <laughs> <laughs> um I think meeting other people and uh trying to speak their language especially so if you're if you're uh, you know a foreigner um gives you a better perspective on the world and this is something that I've always liked to explore is my reality the only reality that matters or would I find out something interesting by meeting other people? And so with the limited energy that I have for socializing, I still need to socialize. I still need to have friends and, and speak to them. Mm -hmm. um, I try to, to speak other languages to, to the best of my ability and to understand how they view the world and how they understand, for example, well, current events or how they see a situation mm -hmm. and it's i mean you can only do that through interaction it's not uh, it's not healthy i think to just be in this social media bubble mm -hmm. yeah. um, and to, <laughs> to get you know filtered news you need to be able then to to you know to speak to other people and to to get their view and so, to know what society you're in mm -hmm. So your life, your experience is richer through interacting with with more people. You could live in a, a bubble, but that's where's the fun in that? We live in a sort of half world, as you say, of social media images. So to experience life, you have to be slightly out of your comfort zone, but you get more back from that. Yes, the 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 effort that I put into the conversations is mm, almost you know uh, it can it can even come to not matter uh, when I think about all of the things that I that I learn and all, all of the things that I understand from talking to other people and from meeting them from seeing the differences in uh, in views that they have based on their culture and understanding even how their culture influences the way they speak their own language or other languages mm -hmm. or how they see the world overall because it's not you would think that we live in a you know global world and everybody's the same everybody's a global citizen but in the end the culture that we come from influences so much about of of what of how we see the world yeah, and how we interpret what's happening. So what about um, professionally within your, within your job? Mm -hmm. You're using English or a foreign language, I presume? In your I'm work? using, yes, I'm using English at work. I work for a German company mm -hmm. and the official, the official language is English. Okay. So how is that um, working in English? So not just like your Spanish where it's more social. I mean, you've obviously spoken English for some years. 
Is that a different sort of challenge using it professionally? Um, I think the again, the more you use it, the, the easier it gets. So I remember when I was younger, still living in Romania and using English as uh, part of my work. Um, it felt tiring to to speak in English, um, let's say for for an hour a day. Mm -hmm. Whereas now I speak English throughout the day and it's I don't even notice. And so I think, yeah, like like with everything, the more you practice, the easier it gets. Um, and where I'm, uh, you know, struggling with with my own my own mind mm -hmm. is uh, kind of choosing the the type of English that I want to speak because sometimes I think I use more uh, let's say more American words okay. uh, sometimes I try to use more British words depending on who I'm talking to okay. um, and so that becomes confusing <laughs> at some point and yeah. I think I mix them up <laughs> I don't know if anybody cares <laughs> but it's it's again it's one of those th those things where you think of where you look back and say oh no <laughs> what did I do what did I why did I say that I could have said something completely different but um it, yeah it's the more you practice again the more yeah the easier it gets and uh, yeah and the less you get to a point to where you you're stressed I think that's a really good point about the English uh, or British and American English, because I don't think we really do care, but it seems like the rest of the world, well, other people care more than we do, I think. I think it certainly registers on a subconscious level that, mm -hmm. for example, American would say on the weekend and a British person would say at the weekend. Mm -hmm. But I probably only consciously know that because I'm an English teacher and I do uh, editing work for um, multimedia companies. So they produce um, web based learnings and I do some of the editing because it's written by non-natives to make sure the grammar is correct because right. this is being published, you know, uh, published for training. Mm -hmm. And often they're quite. Um, exact this has to be British English or this has to be American English and I think they care more than their audience to be quite honest because I don't think a British person or an American person will care how a word is spelled will register that oh that's an American spelling or this is a British spelling but no one really cares as much as the foreigners do and it comes back to what we were discussing earlier right as a foreigner nobody expects you to speak perfect English or perfect Spanish. They can tell you're a foreigner, even through the accent, yes. even uh, by the way you speak the language. So what I'm noticing for myself is that since I speak three languages on a daily basis, um, the level of the language that I speak the worst, which is Spanish, has improved, but the other two, Romanian and English, have declined a little bit. And I've come to have this accent that's not really from any of them. 
And I've had people tell me, well, yes, your your Spanish is good, but it has a certain accent that I can't really place. Or in English, the same, you know, I can't really place your accent. Um, and that's, you know, that's that's what happens, I guess. Mm -hmm. But nobody cares in the end. The, the natives never care that you don't speak it perfectly. And neither should you. Yeah. And I think it's even stronger than people don't care. I think people are genuinely interested. I think it makes us more interesting. It's like they can see there's something not quite native and they're totally <laughs> fascinated. So where are you from? Because you speak you know, really well or nobody's going to say you speak. Nobody's ever said you speak really terrible German to me. Um, but, you know, they say, oh, where are your accent from? They're, they're, it makes you interesting. And as a non-native in a business setting, I think this can actually be an advantage rather than a disadvantage because you're different. You are unique. You're not just another British person, um, but you're unique. You have this slightly, you may be exotic sort of, yeah, but you look like this, but you sound like this, but not quite. And it's an opener. It's an opener into you for you to talk about you and to make a connection in business. And business works best when you make connections with people. Absolutely. I think as as introverts, we also tend to not look at things this way. Mm -hmm. Since we're not used to, to having these social interactions to a very high level, we never think about our foreignness as being something unique and that can be a conversation starter. But you're, you're right. Yeah. I think it's quite an easy one. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like talking about themselves, but you're the expert on yourself. So if you get stuck in a conversation um, and people are interested in your accent, not being ashamed or embarrassed, not seeing it as a criticism, I think this maybe is what happens when people mm -hmm. say, oh, you've got a bit of an accent or I notice you're not English or German, whatever. I think people might translate that as an insult. And I don't think it's intended. I think it's more a curiosity, an opening than a criticism. Maybe yes. that's the perfectionist in the introvert that wants to get everything spot on, but you maybe don't acknowledge or see it first. Probably. Yes, the perfectionist in the introvert is very strong. <laughs> and we, we tend to, to focus on the bad things. Yeah. Yes. So what would it be like for that perfectionist part to step down a bit? Does that feel very strange to sort of think, well, I have this perfectionist part and I should just give it the day off? Is that a bit insecure feeling or does that feel good? Um, it feels it feels good because it feels liberating. Mm -hmm. um, I've tried to to get rid of or give the perfectionist a break mm -hmm. from time to time um especially when it comes to speaking obviously different you know languages that i'm not uh, that i'm not a native in um and i just try to to do my best even if that means that i stop in the middle of a sentence and i say i don't know how to say this <laughs> <laughs> depending on the person I try the word in English you know if I was speaking Spanish I'd try the word in English 
or I explain what I wanted to say um, because I think what's what the perfectionist is very good at is is blocking us you know so you come to a point where you're like oh I forgot this word and so I'm not going to say anything else yeah which is not the correct way to go you you can't stay you know uh stuck in your own mind yeah you just have to continue the conversation somehow and in the end you're going to be able to express what you want to express even if it takes you longer and it's a it's a big detour yeah still uh the other person is going to understand you and then support you and so you and that's the important part point isn't it mm -hmm. they will most people will support you the ground doesn't open up and swallow you up you don't collapse no. all those things that are going for your mind that you feel you might go red um but i think there's a lot of empathy for people when you're obviously struggling as you said they're going to help yes they're going to help they're going to make suggestions um even if you resort to gestures they're going to try to guess you know from your uh you know from your hands uh yeah. and you're going to make it work together and i think that's very beautiful yeah exactly again making more relationships and more connections yeah yeah so just before we, we finish up here if you could give um some advice to any of our listeners here who are struggling to speak up at work and be heard be seen what would you say to those introverted English speakers? <laughs> um, one of the things that I've always told people that try to speak or learn learn uh, a new language is that, in my very personal opinion, vocabulary matters much more than grammar. I know that you as an English teacher probably don't want to hear this, but if you yeah, tell people that <laughs> if you're trying to yeah. express yourself it's better to know words and to you know have uh, the wrong order in the sentence or something or you know miss uh, some kind of uh, prefix than to not be able to say anything it's not ideal to only be able to say very few things perfectly um and you would be you know you'd be much uh much better off with a big vocabulary. Yeah. And then um I think any any um you know opportunity to practice the language is very useful. So for example, when I was um uh, when I had started learning German some years ago, I got to a point where I didn't feel like the lessons would be bringing me to a very high level very quickly you know so the learning curve had had you know mm -hmm. uh, not been. stopped but yeah it, it, it slowed down a little bit um and what i needed at that point was to just start talking or uh watch tv in in german you know was the case then um and this is what i encourage anyone to do you know you learn the basics you learn you know some some grammar or some words and when you get to a point where you can kind of put them together, mm -hmm. um, you can start talking to, to other people or at least just have the language with you. You know, watch movies in the, in the language or watch, uh, you know, the news or read a newspaper or an article or whatever you think is or listen to a podcast. Right. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of language podcasts out there. Um, 
because that's what's going to show you the expressions, show you how exactly you um you use the words in the sentence, you know, what's the uh what a tense that you might use to express something. Um and many of the things that we we use in different languages, we just learn by heart. At some point you just listen so much that you know instinctively, even if you don't uh, you know, you don't remember the rule. Yeah. Uh, you know ex- instinctively that's that that that's how you say something. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you so much, and thank you for spending this time with me and our listeners. Thank you, Louise. I, I hope it helps. Um, I really think it's it's useful and beautiful to speak more languages than than your own. And uh, the more we speak, the the better. The world will be in the end. You know, <laughs> communication is key to many yeah. of the problems we face. So, um, I hope it helps. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you, Louise. And that's all from English Talk for this episode. Thank you very much for listening in today. Please come and join me again on another episode. And if you have any comments, any thoughts, then don't hesitate to get in contact. See you again another week. Bye-bye.